0: This podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. Shop today at www.charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. This podcast is brought to you in part by Modern Appalachian Kitchen. A small, local Morgantown business is giving WVU fans and Morgantown something to talk about. This local candy kitchen is home to the marshmallow couch. That's right. Now you can relive the infamous WVU winning celebration with a couch that you can eat instead of catching on fire in the middle of the street. Order your marshmallow couch and other sweet treats at ModernAppalachianKitchen.com. Hi, how's it going? My name is Pat McAfee, former ball kicker for the Indianapolis Colts and the West Virginia Mountaineers. You are listening to the Raspy Boys Kids, the greatest podcast on earth. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. I'm by myself flying solo again. This time it's because Jay and Fiend had to work. But we got to do a recap of the Backyard Brawl, the 106th edition of the Backyard Brawl. West Virginia University versus Pitt. The Mountaineers come out with the win. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now listening to the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You guys. How good does it feel? We sing country roads at Mountaineer Field. We got the win. Pitt goes home up I-79, sad, and with another loss, two in a row for them, they lost in Cincinnati. They lose to us. They do not look good because they are not good. Pitt is a very bad football team. West Virginia gets a win that's two in a row. They lost to Penn State, but we beat Duquesne, and we beat. Pitt, and say what you want about neil brown but i saw uh i believe it was uh well i don't remember who it was i saw on twitter i saw a couple people actually on twitter pointed out i can't remember exactly who it was but they pointed out the fact that neil brown has won three out of four against our rivals our main rivals Pitt and virginia tech and i am not if somebody asked me if i am now a say what you want about neil brown guy i am not a say what you want about neil brown guy but This is a say what you want about Neil Brown moment because say what you want about Neil Brown, the man has won one game against Pitt. He lost one last year that he could have won and probably should have won. And he's won two of two against Virginia Tech, making him three out of four, three and one against our main rivals, Pitt and Virginia Tech. Most of us, if not all of us, would take that. It's the other baggage, the other garbage, the other records that we don't accept. The Big 12 conference record. It's the Power 5 record. The fact that we haven't won three in a row, you know, all that stuff. But that's that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You know what? I promise you. I did not get on this podcast to do that. I just started talking. And next thing you know, my mind got to wander. And I'm not going to do that. Because this is about celebration. This is about jubilation. This is about appreciation. This is about the fact that we beat Pitt. And we beat them. We beat them soundly. Double-digit victory in a game that we were supposed to win. The money moved, started out on Pitt in Vegas. Pitt minus one, then Pitt minus two, then it swung. And West Virginia was favored, despite the ESPN-FPI. And then the talking heads got to picking, and the vast majority of the talking heads on television picked us to win the game. And we went out and we did. And like I often tweet and forgot to last night at the game, good teams win, great teams cover. We got to sing Country Roads. That's what this is about. Jeremy tweeted yesterday. I saw and loved it. This game has nothing to do with what we look like. It had nothing to do with what we look like. There were no style points awarded. There were no style points necessary. All that mattered was who came out on top. That's all that ever matters in the backyard brawl. Who comes out on top? And for the fourth time in five year, or five games, or fifth time in six games, I believe, I can't remember right now, West Virginia came out on top. And that's what it's about. And that's all you can ask for. Neil delivered that. And for that, we can be thankful. So let's go through some of the numbers. If we look at Pitt, It was bad, predictably bad. Djokovic is a bad quarterback. Last week against Cincinnati, he was 10 of 32. You heard me talk about that relentlessly. 10 of 32, 10 of 32, 10 of 32. This time he was 8 of 20, 81 yards with three interceptions, and none of them were ball hawking. uh, Oh, sorry. One of them was a ball hawking great defense interception that could have been picked underneath, was tipped. Then Malachi Ruffa came up with a diving interception. That was the last one. The other two were just gifts, and you never look a gift horse in the mouth. You just accept them. And what we did more than accept them is we returned them well, which I love. The nose for the end zone. We didn't get in the end zone, but that's where, the, that's where we were trying to, to go with the interceptions. Phil Jerkovic, Jerkovic, Jerkovic gave us the interceptions, three of them. We made the most of them. West Virginia balled on them when we got the chance. We only gave up 49 yards to their leading rusher. And we only gave up 39 yards to their leading receiver, Gary Bartholomew. Tight end, believe it or not. On the flip side, our starting quarterback, Gary Green, gets injured. High ankle sprain is the report. Did not look good. Does not sound good. High ankle sprains tend to linger. But the good news for us is we had a competent backup. Nico Marko came in and proved the moment was not too big for him. So shout to Nico. Shout to his parents, Ken. Shout to Susie. Jeremy met them in pe- at Penn State in Happy Valley, said so they were nice people, got to talk to them. Shout to them if they're listening. Happy for you guys. Happy for Nico. Seems like a really great person. But he proved himself to be a competent quarterback in a very trying situation, to be honest. This is a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people to make happy all at once. 1.8 million minimum, but 60,000 in the stands ready for you to win at all costs. And that's what he did. He went 6 of 9 for 8 for 60 yards and a touchdown. And he didn't have to be special. He just had to be efficient, and he was. 6 of 9, and then he ran when he needed to run. He got a crucial first down, and then one on one in one instance, he ran and stayed in bounds late in the fourth quarter when he didn't have to stay in bounds or when he could have thrown the ball and taken a risk, rolling to his right, being a left-handed quarterback. So, shout out to Nico y'all as, as I said. CJ Donaldson, 18 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown. That man is money. He's consistent. He's always doing his thing. You can rely on him on a regular basis. You know what you're getting out of CJ. Just keep feeding that man when he's healthy going to have to wait to see exactly what's wrong with him, if he's going to be able to go. It did not look good for him either, but you know how injuries are. you got to wait and find out exactly what the deal is because uh, coaches usually aren't as forthcoming as they need to be. So we've got to wait and see what's going on with C.J. Donaldson before we know exactly what the deal is. And our leading receiver, tight end Taylor, three catches, 21 yards, and that crucial first touchdown, which would have been enough to win the game. I... No, we are in celebration mode. All I'm going to say to people who are anointing us a great football team after two wins, one dominant, one solid, we played two teams, one FCS, so we're just out of their league, and the other being Pitt, a rival, FBS, Power 5, that's not good. I said it before the game. It's not like I'm saying this in hindsight is 2020. I said repeatedly on this podcast, and if you met me or saw me in person, I would tell you Pitt is not a good football team. And I kept saying, this is not a barometer or a gauge of who or what WVU is as a program. It's not going to tell us who we are because Pitt is so bad. The only way it tells us anything is if we lose. If we had lost to Pitt, it would tell us that we also are a terrible, terrible football team. And so we can say we're not a terrible, terrible football team because we didn't lose, but we can't say we're a good football team yet. There's a lot to prove. And one of those things is that we can beat Texas Tech. Neil has yet to do that. Four in a row lost to Texas Tech. Or oh, sorry, Neil, not... Uh, yeah, four, he's lost... All four, I believe, to Texas Tech. If I'm, if I'm right, he's lost four in a row, at least, to Texas Tech. I know that. And they just have our number. Home, away, it doesn't matter. They just have our number. Neil's got to get that monkey off his back. So he gets a chance on Saturday. The bad news is we start out as three-point dogs. That's the opening line, three-point dogs. West Virginia is minus three at home to a team in Texas Tech that has yet to be an FBS opponent. They beat Tarleton last week, or yesterday. I'm recording this on Sunday. They beat Tarleton yesterday, but that's it. They could have beaten Oregon, and they could have won the week before that against Wyoming, but they could not finish the games. So they've shown some competence, but they've not been able to complete games. Will they do that against the Mountaineers? My bet is yes. They're going to figure out how to play a complete game. Will we play a complete game? I don't know. And a lot of that will have to do whether or not Garrett Green is healthy, whether or not C.J. Donaldson is healthy. Garrett Green's not going to play, I would bet. So that's probably not good. Nico, to me, does not look all the way ready. And if he was, he would have beaten Gary Green out, you would guess. But maybe with a week preparing as the starter, getting the reps with the the ones, he'll be ready to go. And certainly playing at home will help if we can give him more home field advantage yet again. Speaking of um, home field advantage, that crowd was electric. It was electric. Me and my son sat in 218. And even though 218 wasn't jumping like I would like to see it jumping, it was fun. It was a nice atmosphere. It was one of the better atmospheres I've seen at Morgantown, in Morgantown at, at Mountaineer Field. Um, the blue lot was crazy. It was just crazy. It was good to see so many people. ran into some cool people, saw all of my people, my friends and family, for the most part. There were a lot of people I couldn't link with because our phones didn't work. Um, you know, there's just too many people in one place trying to get on online, and so you just can't link with people like you would want to. But it was a good day. Being in Morgantown Saturday was it was a good day, and the fact that they played Sweet Caroline in the stadium still blows my mind. Shane Lyons would have never played Sweet Caroline. For 60,000 people to chant what we all knew they were going to chant. But Ren Baker would. And Wren Baker did. And in the words of the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, younger, hipper, cooler. It had Wren's fingerprints all over it. And it was palpable. The energy was palpable. You could feel it. I think it made a difference. Neil called it out. He credited the crowd. And he Neil loves saying credit. Credit this, credit that, credit them, credit you, credit those people. He loves saying credit. He credited the crowd. And I think we did have an impact. There were procedure penalties, there were turnovers. It did have an impact on Pitt. And Narduzzi was frustrated. Dracovic was frustrated that offensive line did not play well. I listened the on the ride home to, I can't even remember what the station is now, whatever station that um, Antonic and Drenning and Andrew Creedy are on after the game. I listened to them, and they said that before the game, they were saying that they thought Pitt's offensive line was a strength, and a friend of mine, Chaz, shout out to Chaz, uh, Chaz was saying he thought the offensive line for Pitt was a strength. I never thought this, that, all, that Pitt had a, a strong offensive line. I never thought that. I thought we were going to do what we did The entire time until their first drive, their first drive scared me. And I tweeted, it's going to be a long night. I don't know if it actually sent or not because of, you know, the trouble I was having with service. But the way they ran the ball down our throat, that first drive, I was really scared, really scared. Held them, of course. They didn't score a touchdown. Um, But their offensive line, why am I even talking about this? My point in all of this was um, we were loud. We were proud. It was great. That's the point. Um, that's the main thing. That's what you need to know. <laughs> that's that's what you need to know. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. I don't think there's anything else to say. We're going to talk more later this week. Jeremy and I will get on here. We'll make a show. We will talk about Texas Tech. We'll do a, a full-on legitimate preview of Texas Tech West Virginia. Let you know about the Red Raiders, what we think is going to happen and uh, maybe we'll hit you with a pop culture, too, because it's been a while since we've done a pop culture. But that's uh, That's it. That's all I got. And uh, I hope you guys are ready to rock in Morgantown Saturday. I may or may not be there. I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided. I haven't decided. But I might sneak up. If I do, holler at me and I'll holler at you. Love us because we love you. And as always, get at your boys. Podcast Network.